0: another episode of the William Branham Historical Research Podcast. I'm your host, John Collins, the author and founder of William Branham Historical Research at william-branham.org. And with me I have my co-host, researcher, minister, and friend, Charles Paisley, the founder of christiangospelchurch.org. And today we also have our very special guest, the author of La Secta Perfecta and the expert on Colonia Dignidad, Carlos Beso. Together, we're examining the history and the intersections in history between William Branham and other key figures that either influenced or were influenced by the post-World War II healing revivals. Carlos, Charles, I'm so excited for today. I've been wanting to get us together for a long time now. And um, last week, Charles and I were going through the history of Colonia Dignidad and we basically skimmed the surface we went through some of the history of paul schaefer you know during the time he was in the latter rain revival working with william branham and um, some other key figures which we'll discuss in this episode and we talked about his transition into south america the reasons why and how the colony was established etc and once in the colony we we gave a you know high level overview of what happened at Colonia Dignidad but our level of information obviously is nowhere near what you have uh, Carlos and I thought it would be good to bring you on the show so that we could have our listeners hear directly from the source of the historian of Colonia Dignidad. So I'm so excited for this episode. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And uh, thank you for joining us. I'm, I'm sure that our listeners are going to be very, very surprised at some of the things that you have to say. Yeah of course
1: hi John it's very nice to see you again and many thanks because of this invitation I, I, I have to tell you for the people who is listening this uh, that I'm a Chilean journalist I I have been investigating about uh, this cult I don't know, something like 25 years. I live in Concepcion, which is a, city, but it's a big city, very close to one of these compounds. Colonia Inial uh, used to work in two main compounds. Besides that, they, they have a lot of properties in the main cities of, of Chile, Santiago, Concepcion, Chillán, and other cities. So I I started to know about this this mother, I was a very young journalist, when the police started raiding this compound, located in a place called Quillon, or Bulls. this is something like 50 miles north of Concepción, and that was, if I'm not wrong, in 1996. when, when I started to, to cover this for the, the paper I was working in in, in those days, I was amazed with the, the things I saw, the things I, I heard. And uh, so I said, uh, this has to be investigated in, in, in a very much uh, long way. And I started to to collect the interviews with a lot of people, people from inside the colony, people from outside, with investigators, with lawyers, with politicians, and also I start a very extensive, I think it's the most extensive collection in the world, of uh, uh, documentation about colonial idea. So yeah, I, I think I have a very uh, extensive knowledge about the colony. So, i'm here and you can ask anything you want
0: (laughs) excellent so carlos i thought it would be good if um you took a minute and just describe a little bit about yourself tell our listeners who you are and um you have a book that is la secta perfecta which is about colonia dignidad and a mind-boggling history i read it through google translate but for our listeners who speak Spanish and want to read right from the source, La Secta Perfecta by Carlos Bezo, and you can get it on Amazon. I'll put the link here in the in the video for the people watching in the video. Um, also I want to say for the listeners who are on the audio only feeds, um, some of the some of the words may be a little bit difficult to understand. Carlos obviously speak Spanish. And so we're going to try to put some transcripts of, um, you know, the words so that people can understand it in the video feed if you want to watch it on the YouTube site. But, uh, Carlos, why don't you just take a minute, tell us who you are, tell us about your book, where to get it. And I'll put the links up on the screen.
1: Okay, as I told you before, I am a journalist, I am uh, also a university teacher at the Universidad de Concepción, which is a large university here in Chile, um, and am also a writer. I have been working in matters like uh, human rights violations, uh, intelligence and organized crime, as I told you before, something like 20-25 years, and yeah, the last year, my last book was this, this is called the perfect cult in in English, la secta perfecta, in Spanish, and uh, you can buy this if, if you are in America. You can buy this through Amazon or uh, in a in Kindle edition or uh, by Apple edition. And if you wanted this in paper, well, you have to find some store in Chile who can send this to America. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the the last book. Um, that has been published about Colonia, I think, in something like 15 years, when Paul Schaeffer died. I I think a few years before um, Paul Schaeffer's passing by, uh, there was some one or two books, and nothing else has been written since this book. And uh, this book, I think, is very important because a lot of stuff. One of these, as you said before, is because uh, I found out when and where the colony starts. Uh, the colony didn't start here in Chile in 1961. Uh, yeah, of course. Before this, we knew that the colonia was uh, organized in a nearby Bonn, in Germany, by the 1951, 52, 50. Hmm? But the the real date is 1955 when Paul Schaeffer met with with Branham in Germany when, as you know very much, eh, Branham went to to Germany for something like 10 days and Paul Schaeffer introduced himself to Branham saying, hey. I got a lot of very young people with me, and we can do the security security matters, security issues for you. We can be something like your bodyguards. And Adam accepted. Uh, this was told by people which I interviewed here in Chile. And this, 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 uh, this meeting with Adam was something that never no one has ever spoke about it. Uh, I found this in a very, very weird. I, I sent you a copy a- about this. A very weird statement made by one of the closest uh, friends of Schaeffer, a guy named Gert uh, Ger- Siebold. As Siebold says, "Yeah, we we met with this guy, Brandon, in Germany, Karlsruhe, and uh, well, Schaeffer was very was was highly impressed with him, and he was highly impressed with a lot of stuff, but." I think that there are three stuff, or three matters, especially uh, that uh, Jeffrey took from Adam and implemented here in a very much larger scale than in the message or in the park or even in the in Johnstown. One of this was the idea taken from Alan about uh, creating something like an FBI inside the, the compound. Adam, as you know, Brax himself saying, I have this tape boys. I have this uh, little police uh, unit inside the, the the court. Jeffer not only copied the, the, the idea of taking a, a, a pictures and sounds every day in every moment inside the colony but he also managed to interview all of the communications from, of the people inside the colony with the, the relatives of them in Germany or here in Chile also uh, and he also uh, used to to use this, the, the, the information he got from this to make something like called intelligence uh, cards. But he created a real intelligence agency. Yeah. Well, That's why I, 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 I said to you he went very much far than William Branham. He, he has inside the colony an office only devoted to uh, collect and systematized intelligence or information about the people inside of the colony and after a few years of everyone in Chile. The university I work in uh, was almost all all of the people in the… I'm talking to you about 45, 50 years ago, all of the people, the students, the teachers, was uh, in in those files. in those files you can find, uh, I don't know, people who work in the docks in the port here in Concepcion, people, uh, teachers, people from the Jew community. Sheffer was obsessed with the Jewish people, people from the Freemasons, people from the, the artists, uh, from the, I don't know, singers, uh, actors, actresses, uh, politicians, uh, people from the police, from the army, from the navy, the air force, everyone in Chile was in those files. Everyone who was one, who was uh, something that Sheffield thought that was a friend or maybe an enemy. Hmm? Everyone was in those files. And also, after the coup d'etat in 1973, when Pinochet uh, took the power, um, Schaeffer got in, in a very, very close touch with Dina. Dina was the, the name of the secret uh, police created by Pinochet, something like a Gestapo. Hmm? I think even more brutal than just that. Uh, Dina was a very, very, very sadistic uh, secret police.
0: Carlos, since you and I spoke, Charles and I have continued to dig because that's what we enjoy best. And um, we started looking into, you know, more about Paul Schaefer, more about William Branham. Um, Ewald Frank, which we'll be mentioning later in the show. But we wanted to learn more about how all of this came to be. And we discovered that one of William Branham's campaign managers, Baron William T. Freire von Blumberg, who sponsored William Branham's tour through Germany, was also an adopted cousin of Werner von Blumberg. And Werner von Blumberg was the defense minister for... Um, Hitler during World War II, so there's some significant ties here. And um, <clears throat> while while in the midst of this research, Charles discovered that William Branham's security team in Germany, which would have included Paul Schaefer, um, now that we have the information from your book, they ran into some unusual situations there in Germany. And Charles, why don't you just take a minute and tell our listeners um, and bring Carlos up to speed on what we found, so that we can just dissect this a little bit further.
2: Sure. So, von Blomberg, who sponsored those meetings that Paul Schaefer was at with William Branham in 1955, he was first cousin, uh, through his adopted parents, to the um, Warner von Blomberg, who was the German defense minister during World War II. So he was the head of the Nazi army, actually, his cousin. And so there, there was, though, some interesting thing that William Branham told on tape. And, and the story is, it's a, to me, it's an unusual story. I, I, I'm not really sure exactly what to make of it. But William Branham claims that while he was in Germany um, at, at Karlsruhe holding those meetings with Paul Schaeffer, that some kind of an incident happened where certain people tried to attack him. He called them spiritualists uh, at the hotel where he was staying in Germany, and he claimed that his, that there were people who had to step in and defend him from these attacks against him in Germany. And, you know, being able to connect the pieces together, it would seem like that would likely be Paul Schaefer and his church was actually involved in some sort of an altercation um During those July 1955 meetings, it's kind of a interesting thing when you examine William Brenham's statements regarding it and consider that that could have been Paul Schaefer he was talking about.
1: Yeah, of course. It could. Paul Schaefer was always involved in physical fights. So, yeah, he may be the one. Uh, maybe. He was another another people, but yeah, well, everything seems to point in that direction. And coming back to von Blomberg, I think it's very very interesting the, the connection. But Colonial Adenauer always says that they were not Nazis, yes. and yeah, of course, of course, all the Nazis says <laughs> I am not, a Nazi. and yeah, they they were Nazis. Yeah, but 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 chafer has one very very unusual problem with the with the Nazi stuff, and that problem was Jesus. Jesus was a Jew, so so the the, the hate the hatred of, of Jews was something he was was never able to to I don't know how to say this in English to match up. With his political views, uh, his political views was uh, against now the uh, all everyday uh, how do you say? Paris, um the prayers the, the everyday prayers he gave to all of his people. But if we go to the Nazis, to the Nazi a touch in, in colonia but uh, Chiffer was a very young guy when the the war the the war started he was something like 20 21 years old or uh, or less he was uh, recruited by the, the wehrmacht the army uh, but he never went more than a corporal mm-hmm. He was a very low rank guy in the ar- in the army. and um, you have to know that he was a very uneducated educated guy, so he was there was no chance to be, to became an officer and he lacked an eye. Uh, he was, uh, when he was a, a, a young boy, he was an eye in a, in a very weird incident when, with a friend. You know? So he was a blind guy, an, an almost blind guys for the Army. That's nothing very good. The connection, the, 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 the weird connection of Schaefer mostly goes by another side. When he... When he came to Chile, he was he was already one a very good friend with a former SS major. This guy was Ger- Gerhard Mertens. I think they they never went, went in touch in the war. They met before in Germany. Mertens, if you know and I think you saw this in the book, Martins was in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s years one of the most important weapons dealers in the world. And Martins was a very, 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 very close to the BND, to the German BND and the American CIA. CIA. But most of all, he worked with BND. He was, in fact, he was a, a BND agent. You know? So uh, the, the, the 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 BND was always uh, in knowledge about what's going on in in Colombia, and that's why the the German Embassy in Santiago. Uh, always says, No, it's everything fine in the in when, when the people, when everyone says, Hey, you have to look what's going on there. The, the German embassy, until a few years ago, they said, Oh, it's fine, it's nothing happened there. Why? Because Colonia Inea was in the 70 and 80 years one of the uh, hubs used by Mertens to uh, sell weapons. Every everywhere in the world. That's, I think, the most the most clear connection between uh, Chipher and one uh, intelligence service. There's another connections, of course. One of these has to do, or or, excuse me, we are talking about Nazis. One one connection in this in this area has to do with uh, Walter Ralph one of the most notorious uh, SS assassins who came to Chile. He escaped from Germany in 1948. He went to Quito, Ecuador, and after that he uh, he escaped to Chile. And he became a very good friend uh, with, the, with the colonial. I know this because of the statements made to me by two former people from the colony and I said, uh, I was asking them about an intelligence course given by the DINA to the officers of DINA inside the colony in 1974. And I said to this to this guy, man, this guy is with his name in, in, in the book, his name is Hans Barr. And I said, Hans, do you know who was the guy in charge of this course? Yeah, of course. Walter. Walter who? But Ralph. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> yeah. And his wife, uh, he says, yeah, of course, of course, Carlos. everyone knew but Ralph there. He was called Lindes. He has two dogs. He was often very times inside the colony. He was a very good friend with Schaefer, etc. So,
2: yeah.
1: <clears throat> wow. Uh, uh, but Ralph was uh, very close, uh, very close with dinner with the secret Chilean police. So the, 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 the ties are very, very close between all of them.
0: It is just absolutely fascinating. Um, after you finished your book, and I began to try to study it through reading it in Google Translate and. You know putting all of the pieces together i started work on my book for the weaponized religion from latter rain to colonia dignidad and when i came across this name gerhard mertens it i'd never heard this name it didn't mean anything to me but as i began to research there is some real irony in all of this um, as you know my background and charles were studying the latter rain side of things um you know, leading up to Colonia Dignidad. Well, one of the Lateran prophecies that William Branham propagated all through the Lateran was this notion that he predicted through prophecy, through a vision, and he said 1933, that if Mussolini invades Ethiopia, it'll be his last. And that was one of his alleged seven prophecies of 1933. But... Gerhard Mertens, as I learned, overturned this prophecy. Um, I, I began to study Gerhard Mertens and <clears throat> learned that he is one of the men who went in and who helped Mussolini escape, and Mussolini went on to invade other countries. So Gerhard Mertens is, um, you know, l- literally one of the men responsible for completely overturning and disproving one of William Branham's prophecies to be false. And you have Paul Schaefer, who had to have known this, working with Mertens. So these men and this connection, it's just, it's unbelievable, it's its just so fascinating to me.
1: And you have to know that uh Mertens uh, was a guy who ended up living in, in America.
0: Yeah. He, he, he
1: started his company, his company was called merx Mercedes Export, in uh, in Virginia, um, his son, who's alive, Martins died. Uh, I think twenty, no, more than twenty years ago. His son is is the head of the company today, um, and the company is a company. Legal, is a real company. So yep. today there's no there's no denounces about the company, but but they, yeah, they went there and Colonial Lineal, uh, and we talk about this was very close to the United States also. Uh, yes. one, of the, one of the most important guys from the Colonia, whose name is, is Helmut Hope, who lives today in Craford with Mr. Creffield, no, <laughs> uh, he was saying, this is a very weird stuff. I I, I, I asked about this to a lot of people and no one was able to give me a reason uh, or, 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 or an explanation about this. By the 1968-69, Schaeffer, who managed to keep all of the people prisoner, imprisoned inside the compound, took the uh, very weird decision. He sent three guys, three young guys, to study to UC Davis. Uh, I I don't know why. And, And he sent Hope and Hope was uh, a very rebel guy, a uh, rebel young, by those years. And he sent also two guys. One of these guys was Hossein Siam, who was a, a, a very young guy who, he, he, he kidnapped this, this guy, this young uh, guy from his, his parents in Syria, down in Palestine, I, I don't remember exactly the place. And he sent another German boy to study uh, to medicine to UC Davis. I asked to UC Davis about this, and, and they said nothing. They not even answer the question. Uh, that's I think, is very changeful. Wow. But uh, beyond that, um, Jefferson sent these guys to, to America to study to a uh, I, I never, as I told you, I never understood why. Of course, Siam and the other, the second one guy, they escape. <laughs> they said, we're free, at last, we're free, we are not going to <laughs> came back to that hell, never. And I, I know that Hussein Siam still lives in America, yeah. and I think, and I know he, he's a physician today. To and he's a very uh, private guy. I don't know about the second... But Cheffer, excuse me, but yeah, he studied there, and he came back when Cheffer says, you have to come back. Uh, He came back, and he uh, finished his medicine school here in Chile, in in Santiago. Hmm. I
0: don't know why.
1: I don't know why he he didn't escape. But as I told yeah. you, we, we never understood why he sent people to America. Why not sending these people if you don't want these these guys to study in Chile? Because you're a German, well, send these guys to Germany. <laughs> it's
0: uh, it's truly unbelievable. You mentioned UC Davis, and you know UC Davis is in California, and to the people in the Lateran movement that were connected to Branham during the later years, Branham has this prophecy that this California is going to sink Los Angeles is going to sink. And so California is kind of off limits. If you're in the Laterrain rain and you're on the William Branham side of the latter rain, because you don't go there, you're going to die, right? If California sinks and Los Angeles sinks in the area around it, well, you see Davis is, you know, it's, just right here. It's not It's not like they're going to Arkansas or New York or someplace where it's safe. They're going right to where the destruction is going to hit. So it's It's just kind of unbelievable that that's the place that they chose, if you know what I'm saying.
1: And another point. Uh, Gerhard Martins did have a very nice house, very close
0: to UC Davis. Wow. I did not know that.
1: No, I I, I I knew that very very short time ago. Mm-hmm. So so, yeah, you have this. But I have to tell you another another thing. They they not only send these people to America. They travel a lot to United States. Then not not Chaffer. Chaffer was only in Chile. But the people beside Chaffer, he's. His generous, as, as if, if you want to call these guys uh, in some way, his 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 officials, right? there was a lot of traveling to United States, and there was a lot of money that colonial India hired in, in in the Chemical Bank, in banks in New York, and in, in one bank in San Francisco. I have never got the name of the bank, and they even even got an office. In downtown San Francisco, Colonia Dignidad. So really? Why? 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 Yeah? Why is interesting? Why? Why? What was so interesting for for these guys in America? The uh, as you said, the, the the land of the sin, no?
0: Yeah, of the <laughs> sinners
1: and in San Francisco, no? The,
0: Exactly. And, you know, Charles and I, during the course of the podcast, as I mentioned, we've been studying British Israelism merging with Christian identity. And you remember back in the 1960s, whenever this was exploding into the race riots and the fight for civil rights. Well, William Branham was on the side of the anti-civil rights movement, wherein he's predicting this end of days race war. And because he has these alleged 1933 prophecies, he ties it to Russia invading the United States. The United States is going to be completely destroyed and communism is going to rise up and they're going to basically the communists will invade. Well, to the people in Colonia Dignidad who are influenced in this thing, they're seeing, you know, from their mindset, they would have seen... This is exactly what William Branham prophesied. And by extension, you know, through Paul Schaefer, who's telling them these things that William Branham prophesied. So these people are are literally living out William Branham's prophecy in this little war that's going on in South America. And to think that the climax of William Branham's prophecy was that this would eventually go into the United States and the entire United States would be William Branham said, "Smoldering ashes." So to think that they took these men and sent them into <laughs> into the United States, while the you know the commune in in general is thinking that this is the end of days scenario that we've been told, it's just it, it boggles your mind. Why did they send them to the United States?
2: Yeah, it has no you've, sense. But you've mentioned that know. they were selling uh, weapons through Martins as an arm dealer. Do you know the countries or the places where some of those weapons might have been going?
1: Well, th- there's a lot of information about that, uh, Charles. Uh, we have information about th- they, they they were not not only selling weapons; they uh, they were building weapons. The Colonia de was a um, was a cult, was a concentration camp where people was disappeared. The people against Pinochet. And uh, also was a, um, a weapons. Uh, how do you say? Fabric and it's
0: uh, manufacturing.
1: Uh, manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They built there uh, perfect uh, copies of, of Uzi uh, submachine guns, of uh, um, rifles, and uh, all of kind of uh, how do you say? Grenades, uh, tear gas and. We, we have talked about this with John, selling gas. Uh, even, n- not only conventional weapons, they also produce chemical weapons, which are uh, forbidden in all of the world. And we know that they sell weapons here in Chile, a lot of weapons here in Chile, to the army to to Dina and to private people but uh, we also know that the, by the statements gave by a lot of people from the colonia especially one of them called Gerhard uh, and another guy uh, I I don't remember the surname now but I will do in, in one minute they said that they uh, they sold this, uh, I don't know how to say this, cluster bombs, uh, cluster bombs, wow. Made they didn't do uh, the cluster bombs, another, another uh, manufacturing did that, but they were the people who sold, who sold this to Iran. Mm. There's a picture, in fact. Discovered by a very, very famous Chilean journalist called Monica González, in which is seen uh, Martins with the and um, and the head of the dinner in this in negotiations in Tehran. It, we also think. But we we don't we don't we don't don't have the confirmation. We also think that they sell weapons to other places like uh, Argentina, uh, Ecuador, and Brazil. But we don't have the confirmation. But we do know the the the, the, the selling of the weapons here in Chile, and this about uh, Tehran. Mm-hmm
0: so immediately whenever you mention Iran and you're talking about a colony that is producing arms and arms deals etc my mind immediately goes to the Iran Contra affair and um again it's read read Carlos's book it's just mind boggling some of the things that Carlos has um presented in in La secta perfecta but so the Iran-contra affair the history we're talking about is before the iran-contra affair right
1: before some years before I think this was oh, no it's not that I think this was 10 years before the Iran contrast and, and and what happened there and uh, you have to know that in 1976 uh, the American Congress passed a, a, a bill called the Canadian Amendment.. Because of that bill, Chile was forbidden to buy any kind of military weapons from America. and all of the, 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 the equipment, the weapons, the planes, the tanks, the chips in Chile was American. So when, when Kennedy managed to, to, to get this the approval of this amendment uh, Chile was in a very very weak position in, in, in very, uh, and, and this is, this was because of the human rights violations made by Pinochet Dina and we know now colonial so Chile was Chile has always been um, in a very hard uh, relations with the, the close uh, countries with Bolivia, Peru and Argentina and by those years we we was in in the brink of a war with almost with with at least excuse me with at least Peru and Bolivia so Pinochet was in a very very high need of weapons and that's why in 1976-7 they used Colonia to, to. to, to buy and sell weapons in everywhere because of, of two main uh, reasons one or, or three main reasons one was Martins Martins was very close as you know with with um, as, we, as we know with um, with jefer second Cornelia, uh, was a humanitarian even even it's a joke this but was uh, in legal uh, in terms colonial was uh, how do you say this in, in in English
0: humanitarian aid humanitarian aid yeah so
1: they didn't pay taxes in borders say so they no one ever um, opened a box from with medicines to Colonia so uh, they, they they used to uh, send from Germany and from America a lot of stuff to Colonia and no one ever saw inside the boxes what what was in there. And Colonia the, the, the main compound it's from the Chilean Central Valley to the America to the Andes. Uh, by the other side you have Argentina so you can go by foot to Argentina, and there's no border, there's no police. It's, um, it's not very easy, but you can do it. Shefford, in fact, when he escaped from Colonia India in 1997, he took a plane and he went to the uh, Andes foothills and landed in Argentina. It's really so you can, you can. Uh, sell anything or put anything in argentina or from argentina to chile throughout colonia with with no problem
0: as i said and i'm sure our listeners can see it in my face i'm just bubbling over with excitement to have you on the show carlos um there's so much information packed into your book that each each paragraph could be another book in of itself and there's so much between the lines that I have questions about. Your book raised more questions than it gave answers. One of them, which I'd like to explore just a little bit, if you don't mind, you mentioned in the book that there were, you know, it was an espionage center and the colony was spying on different places. And in the Lateran version of this race war theology, largely due to William Branham, the communists were going to invade the United States, but also there was a component of it that Rome was going to be involved, and this would end up in Armageddon, the United States being destroyed, Rome being the Antichrist, the, you know, as was common during, during that era for all white supremacists. They were strongly against the Catholics. So it's no surprise at all that Paul Schaeffer is against the communists and the Catholics. You mentioned in the book, though, he was spying on numerous Catholic nuns, which is just fascinating and raises more questions than than I have answers because here's this war that's going on in South America, right? And, you know, you've got some key figures, key individuals that you— would be spying on, but then there's these Catholic nuns, and why is he spying on them? And in my mind, I'm, I'm trying to weigh in the balance was, was it for the war? Was it for, you know, this operation that they have going on? Or was it to, you know, manipulate the members into thinking, yes, William Branagh prophecy is correct. Catholicism is involved with this. We need to spy on the nuns, or is, is there something else? Maybe you could just expand on that statement in the book just a little bit for us.
1: Yeah, Jeffer hated Catholics. Hate. So it was something like he hated most, I think. And, and he hated uh, not only because of theological reasons, but only because in the Pinochet dictatorship, the Catholic Church was a very strong uh, oppositor to be a child. Mm. So, uh, so Chefer was convinced that all the Catholic priests and the nuns were communists. No? Mm. And um, something like five miles from Koreania there was an old uh, church and a group, a b- very very small group of nuns settled there because they owned uh, this church, this this chapel with some rooms for the nuns, and they started doing nun stuff. (laughs) And Schaefer was convinced that these nuns were not women, but men uh, dressed up like nuns with uh, weapons hidden uh, behind the ropes, and he started to to spy these nuns. there's a lot of, very, very well, I, I don't know, I think I didn't send you this, but uh, Colonia idea has a lot of planes, you know? so there's yeah. a lot of, in, in the in the intelligence files uh, the, that the Chilean police found a lot of years after in Colonia, there's something like 300 files about this dance. And really? I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, something like a hundred of these files are, uh, are real photographs taken by planes from different sites about the the compound the, the, of, of the land. So the compound was a, a, a church, a very, very little church and house, very, very little house. But not only that, in, in this photograph there's also uh, uh, pictures taken inside the house of the, the nuns, inside the inside the room of the wow. nuns, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. And there's a lot of pictures, uh, uh, follow-ups of the nuns in public roads, in in the n- nearby towns, etc. Well, uh, Chiffer. Uh, started to intimidate the nuns. He, he went there and says, you have to leave. If, if you don't, I'm going to burn this place or I will kill you. They says, well, the Nance says, what, what are you talking about? Uh, no, you have to leave. And, and this is the same, the same thing that they did with all of his neighbors, all of the people nearby the colony in, in, in the two compounds the, were uh, intimidated by Chefer mm-hmm. and his thoughts. and um, well, the nuns, of course, didn't leave the place. So uh, a lot of nights the house was attacked with gunfires, mm-hmm. um, and well, one night the, the place was uh, put in, in flames totally. So when that happened, then the nuns said, "Okay." we have to live. But as I told you, this is not the only this, the only episode of this this type. Uh, they did this with a lot of very poor people who lives in in, in the nearby colonial, the main compound was um, an old uh, farm, a very huge farm. but when they they bought this with the money they bring uh, they they brought from Germany. but soon, they started to buy another uh, farms in, 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 in the in the nearby, and there was a lot of uh, people living in these farms all, all between the, 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 the land they were uh, buying. And these people uh, was treated in the same way. So you have to live. I am not going to live. I have lived all my life here. Okay. The next morning the house was in fire, so the people was was laying. It What's was very, very, very brutal the way they, they 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 treated the people. And I think it's there's more. Cheffer, the, 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 as you know, and this is very similar to the park. Cheffer, as you know, was a sexual creator. Was yeah. I th- he was a monster? I, I think right. if you if you want to think of a real monster made man, that guy was Paul Schaeffer. I have never known something like this. He escaped from Germany with uh, about 100 uh, boys. He abused all of these boys. Uh, There was no boy who wasn't molested by Schaeffer. But Schaeffer, unlike boys from 8 to 12 years old, so when this voice was growing up, they was uh, left beside by by Jeffer. So Cheffer needed new boys, and, and and all of this, the colony, the the, the, the compounds, uh, the relationships with uh, Bertins, with Dina, all of this was an excuse to molest child. Nothing more. Wow. So when, when the when the German boys. Was all of these boys uh, <clears throat> uh, over 12 years old? He needed a new boys, and he started to to steal uh, china boys to uh, people in the in the close in the in the fields close to the colonia. They put an hospital in in the colonia, and all of the very I I, I, I as I told you very poor people. The woman went went to the hospital when they were pregnant, and many of them were told that the boy has died when they gave birth. But the boy wasn't died. They took the boy. They corrupted the the local judges to put the boys in the as the the sons of some of the generals of the, the officials of the colony, And they raised this voice in the same way that the SS raised boys. All of them with no family notions. In the in the colony was forbidden to two words, Mom and Dad. You can say Mom and Dad. Every, every people about over Eighteen years old was called aunt or uh, auntie.
0: No aunt, mother or auntie. father.
1: Ma- no mother, father, no mom, no dad. That was forbidden. Yeah? Mm. So these guys were raised. These children, these children boys, uh, were, were raised there. It's um, something like a chicken farm. Uh,
2: yeah,
1: all yeah. together in one in one bed in one um, dorm. And the, the, the same things uh, happened with them. All of them were abused. And when this voice was old enough to stop being abused by Cheffer, and I, I, I'm, talking to you about, uh, I'm talking to you about the beginning of the, the 90 years, yeah? he invented something called the permanent jute. The youth Juventud Permanente, uh, uh, something like a goodwill program for the, the people uh, of, the, of, of, of the song of the province, to send the, 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 their voice there to be fit, to be instructed, a lot of stuff like that. But you can imagine what happened with most of this voice. He was yeah. a monster. And he used the William Branham techniques to do that.
0: As I mentioned earlier in the show, Charles and I just explored Colonia Dignidad and specifically Paul Schaefer. We got into some of his background, um, how he connected to the latter rain, how he connected to William Branham. And Charles surprised me just a little bit. Um, I had not really thought through that until Charles and I started discussing. But William Branham presented himself in these revivals as someone who could just peer into the very soul, into the hearts of men. And th- this is a common theme, not just in the Branham sect, but throughout Latter Rain, William Branham had this quote unquote gift that he could discern the hearts of men just like Jesus Christ. And we see people like Jim Jones and Paul Schaeffer who are clearly evil minds who are working with Branham. And... The part that surprised me, I think, the most was, and and I just had not thought through it, Charles mentioned the timeline, and according to the timeline that, that Charles has pieced together, and I'll let you talk about it, Charles, um, Paul Schaefer was involved in the molestation of small boys prior to meeting William Branham. So at this point, you've got William Branham, who's the, you know, the leader of this revival, this latter rain thing. And you've got Paul Schaefer who he had, he had the gift to discern. He, he, here's this man who's molesting small boys. And the timeline just doesn't really add up. If you think of it from a latter rain pers- perspective, or even, you know, in today's world, the message, the cult of personality of William Branham, maybe Charles, if you could just describe that just a little bit further.
2: Yeah, from what what I have read looking into it is that Paul Schaeffer's initial um, times that he got discovered molesting children was uh, towards the, uh, I think, the early 50s uh, when he was in the Evangelical Free Church in Germany, uh, which was a Lutheran church. And he was actually expelled from the Lutheran church on suspicions of or, or beliefs that he had molested children while he was in that church. Um, and then at that point he became a, you know an itinerant preacher and ended up connecting into the latter rain. Um, and that's one thing about the latter rain is it is a, a lot of people who should never have been preachers and who are terrible people are able to become preachers and leaders in the latter rain because one of the things that the latter rain actually prizes itself on is that there's no entry bar to become a preacher or a leader anybody can do it it's just a matter of saying you have a supernatural call on your life of some sort so it's it's very easy that's how jim jones became a, a minister and so forth and and other people who were rejected as, as preachers from other organizations would find their way into latter rain and some of them like paul schaefer were terrible people uh, yet they found prominence and acceptance in latter rain it, it's really sad um yeah let, let me ask you a question about uh, mr creffield um okay so i yeah i i, I have i have really enjoyed uh, the documents that you shared with us i i translated a lot of them and read through them and can you talk about uh, this mr creffield who was a, you know someone who lived in germany what kind of support do we know or do you know that he was providing the Colonia from Germany through the years? What kind of con- activities was he involved in um, with Colonia?
1: Well, well, we, we know that uh, Mr. Preffield, who whose name is Ewan Frank, as we suppose, because that's the way he's called in a set of documents I, I found out. But Ewan Frank met with, um, with a, at the same opportunity that Jefferl. That became the friendship between the, the three of them. In the in 1970, you you have to know something about Chile history. In 1970, in September 1970, Salvador Allende, a socialist, was elected president in Chile. But uh, he was with he was elected with a low, uh, votation or. or a low, low amount of votes so the Congress has to ratificate or not the, this election and that was going to happen in October so in September um, a very wealthy guy from Chile called uh, Agustin Edwards, who was the, the owner of the most important paper in Chile he went to Washington D.C. he was a, he was raised in America, he was um, a very good friend with uh, very important people. He was a, he was always he, a very good friend with the uh, Rockefeller okay, family. Mm-hmm. So uh, when Allende was selected, Austin Evers went to New York, and after that, he went to Washington, D.C., and he spoke with Donald Kendall. Donald Kendall was the president of uh, Pepsi, PepsiCo. Yeah? He was a very close friend with uh, Kendall, and Kendall, says, don't worry, I'm going to talk with uh, my good friend Nixon. Uh, Kendall was one of the, the people who uh, put money in the Nixon campaigns. And yeah, he spoke with Nixon. And uh, he also arranged uh, meetings for, with, uh, with Edwards and the CIA and the General Attorney Mitchell in those, t- in those days and a lot of other people so Nixon after that says okay guys to the CIA, the CIA he says okay guys we have to prevent this uh, guy again that took power so you have to do what you know to do and the CIA started a very weird plan <laughs> uh, which never, n- 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 never succeeded in fact, it, it, the, the only consequence of this plan was a, a major assassination. They, they killed China people, but with American guns, they uh, finished up uh, killing the, the head of the Chinese army, uh, General, the General Schneider. In this time, in, the, in this, I don't know, 45 days between Allende is elected and Schneider is assassinated, Gloria uh, Sent a lot of uh, communications to Germany, to uh, Mertens and the people uh, that the Colonia has in Siegburg, and to America. Uh, what? 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 What was they doing? They was uh, getting guns. They they was involved in those days, 1970. They they arrived nine years early to Chile, but in 1970, they. They, they knew the, the plans to avoid, uh, again, the assumption. Uh, there's a document who says so, uh, that they knew even that Edwards was in America. That was a very secret <laughs> travel. I found out about the, that travel, I think, 10 years ago with, because of a CIA declassified document. No one else in Chile knew about this travel, and now we know that Colonia India knew about this. The, 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 the file, the document, the, the, the letter from colonia says, yeah, and, and Edward, they said Edward in Spanish, Eduardo, yeah. yeah, Edward is in America and he's going to stop this. Uh, but. If he's his, his not uh, <laughs> he, 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 this not happen, we have to be prepared to fight communism and we need weapons. And we need our good, very good friend, Mr. Krefel, to help us. Uh, Mr. Krefel, we, we assume he was uh, this guy, Wolf Frank, started to uh, get guns and uh, ammunition from, for, for colonia in, in Germany. Why, why can we assume that uh, uh, Mr. Krefeld was a World Frank? It's very simple. Uh, uh, Konoli Agnäa didn't have any kind of relation with the city called Krefeld in Germany. All of the, the people of Konoli came from two towns, Grönau and Singapur. No one from Krefeld has ever been uh, named in the in the original uh, people from the colony, and after that we we can assume of course that this relation is is very old because when cheffer was escaped from colonia in 1997 a few years after that we knew that a, a new a, a new preacher has arrived and this preacher was uh, a Frank. he was a lot of times inside the Colonia. He uh, baptized something like a hundred or more people, including Helmut Hopp. And uh, finally, the Chilean government says, "Okay, uh, uh, this happened in 2005. uh, Erwin Frank was in Santiago Airport. He he, he was arriving from Germany, and the police says, uh, no, you, you can Go inside the country. Says why I'm a very respected uh, priest from Germany, and the police says, so oh, oh, I'm sorry, but the computer says you you have been banned to uh, get inside the country because of the uh, interior yeah. ministry." Mm-hmm. Um, he his lawyer put um, a judiciary action um, and power recourse, uh, habeas corpus. And uh, the China justice took nine years <laughs> to 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 solve this. And when the China justice ruled, they said, "Okay, there's no evidence that this guy is a threat to the country, so he can get inside." But we, as as far as we know, he has never came back. But in the in the in the police cheat about the the entries of Frank to Chile, there's something like say six or seven entries between 1999 and 2005, if I don't remember. But, and after that, when there are two main and important people escaped from justice in Chile, who has never been rich, or, or, or has been rich, but they have escaped. One of these is Harum Hop. Hop is a convicted guy here in Chile. He's convicted as an accomplice of uh, child uh, abuse. And there's another guy who uh, managed to all of the legal uh, uh, issues in Colombia. All of these guys and other guys uh, have been seen in Creffield and have been helped by, by Ewan Frank. So the, the link between Frank and Colonia is very, very, very obvious.
0: One of the things that we explored briefly in the last episode, Carlos, Charles and I started discussing Hartman Hop because he is really significant not just for understanding what happened at Colonia Dignidad, but in tying all of this together with William Branham, the Lateran movement, and then after Paul Schaeffer's death, ties back to Germany. And, you know, uh, we just skimmed the surface again. Maybe it would be good if you could just dive a little bit deeper with Hartman Hopp and explain the significance of Hartman Hopp to this entire story. Hope Hope was the
1: only only one guy in the Colonia. He was something like a a head of the State Department of Colonia. He was the guy in charge of diplomacy. He was the guy in charge of talking with media. He was the guy in charge of talking with politicians, with ministers. But he also did a a lot of very weird stuff. you 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 i don't know if you have heard about well it's it's mentioned in the in the book um one of the Chilean presidents called Eduardo fray uh, he died in very suspicious ways in 1982 uh, he was there, there, there's uh, uh, a judiciary statement that says that he was assassinated by the CNI. The CNI was the, the police uh, formerly known as Dine. Another judiciary another rule says that there's no evidence about that, but we know that something weird happened uh, with, with, with President Frey. In, in, in that investigation, the, the police find, found out that some physicians from the Catholic University in Chile did sell, I, I don't know how to say this, these uh, lab rats, uh, yeah, these white lab rats, to Hermut Hope. Hop was uh, a, a guy who used to go to a Catholic, uh, to his lab in the Catholic Church uh, in the uh, Catholic University to buy these these animals only used to make uh, essays with with this because of uh, because of uh, you are doing some something poison or uh, I don't know you are working with viruses or chemicals. But who was uh, the guy in charge of a hospital? Why was he in need of these animals?
0: Yeah, so like biological weapons, maybe
1: biological weapons or uh, chemical weapons. We know, we know, uh, I, I told you this before, we know that by in 1966, that means five years after the colonia settled in Chile, there was a very, very unusual death of a girl, a girl who tried to escape and one day the the chef says the uh, Ursula, that was the, the, the name of these girls, I'm talking about uh, 21 years old girl, uh, she says, uh, well, uh, we are very sad because uh, Ursula was down, she tried to escape and she fell into a river and was down, we are very sad. But. The people in the colony knew that the 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 river, he says out Ken, which is in the side of the colony. You 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 can see the 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 rear from the main road. Was this was in summer and the the river was not more than fifty centimeters high. So no one came down there. It was very high. And um, the, 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 the old people in Colonia says, and, and, and when, when I have talked with a lot of sources from the Colonia, from the, the, the investigators, everyone says she was killed with Sarin. And there's uh, another episode after that of people killed with Sarin, so they, they lose this chemical before Dina. Dina also produced sarin, and they killed people also with sarin. And we know that by 1997, Colonia Ideal still has sarin gas in the in the compound. They they sent two young guys to Santiago to kill one lawyer with uh, sarin. Well, they didn't find the lawyer. They, 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 these guys, this, this was in the in the, in, in the last days of the colonia. So the guys who sent to Santiago, they had never been in Santiago. Santiago is a seven, seven eight million people uh, city, so very, very uh, huge city. And they had never been there because they were all all of his life inside the compound and went to very, very tiny towns near the compound. So they they, <laughs> They were lost, lost in the city, and they came back. But uh, yeah, they they confessed. After that, we we went there with a the bottle of gas. This is,
2: I mean, this is really amazing stuff. I'm I'm just fascinated <laughs> listening to everything that you say. Um, it is it, just it 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 blows my mind. Um, wh- one question I have is based on the things that I've read and looked into. It seems like a faction of the people who live in uh, Colonia or or, uh, via Baviera today, a faction of them are still followers of the message and still following William Branham's teachings today. Um, Do you know, can you confirm if that's true? Are there still followers of William Branham living in Colonia today?
1: Most of the people who still lives in Colonia they they are followers of the Latter right movement. Even when they, most of them, not even have heard about William Adam. Uh, Sheffer took these these ideas, these uh, these techniques of uh, mental control and a lot of stuff, and says uh, these are my ideas. Ah, uh, uh-huh. but. Yeah? okay but uh, you have to note also that uh, when Ewald frank stopped being in Colonia India when when the government says you can go inside Chile uh, two young guys from Colonia were all were, uh, priests I, I don't know how or when and where I think they, they they went to to Germany and and they are the guys who preach inside the colonia today and they are absolutely Guys from the Latter Rain uh, movement.
0: I think what you described is confirming what I was understanding. The way that this works, this um, Latter Rain movement and all of its various splinter groups, etc., you have William Branham, who was the central figure of the movement for a period of time. And then it just splintered into numerous cults and sects and subsects. And what generally happens, especially within the most destructive ones is that William Branham slowly becomes replaced by whoever is the leader of the splinter group. And that person rises up to become the central figure. And William Branham basically at that point just becomes a conduit for the new central figure. And, um, you know it it makes me wonder it makes me curious about the structure of what's happening in Colonia Dignidad now
2: they claim to be William Branham's successor basically they're the next they're the next uh, persona to be followed after William Branham is gone
0: right so the question that i have now that is bubbling to the surface the way that most of these groups work the destructive ones William Branham becomes, like I said, the conduit for, um, you know, the next central figure, the person who's leading the splinter group. We have examples of this with, you know, Leo Mercer who rose up to be the sect in the park and Prescott who abused several, you know, men, women, children, et cetera. What happens whenever the new central figure dies is one of a few different options the group might wake up and then just suddenly it, it doesn't make sense to them anymore because their leader has died and everything he said cannot be. And the sect just kind of implodes or a new central figure is groomed and become, emerges basically as the new central figure to replace the other central figure who replaced William Branham as the central figure. The fact that Ewald Frank, came and baptized these people in colonia dignidad i think that's significant to think through because ewald frank is hardcore william branham cult of personality even though he is somewhat of a central figure of his own group he is still heavily preaching william branham so that tells me that this group is being groomed for another william branham explosion into a new central figure and i'm wondering What are your thoughts on the current sect now? Is it a situation where another leader may emerge? And maybe they're not mentioning William Branham at this point in time, but now they've got Ewald Frank who is converting them back into the original sect. Are these new leaders going to emerge as a new central figure for the group or are they going to emerge as William Branham, faithful? What's going to happen to these people we don't
1: know that yet, yeah? because you have to understand that when when Chefer died, a lot of stuff happened. The, the first and most important thing that happened when Sheffer died was that a, a lot of people who have not spoke before said to the police, okay, I'm ready to tell you everything I have seen, heard, or did in the colony. That's why we... The, 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 the police found, found out the intelligence files, that's why they found the weapons, it's, they, in, in, in 205. they found the second largest weapons cache has ever found in Chile, which is amazing, is a, you, you can imagine the, the amount of weapons and chemicals they found there. They found all of the chemicals you need to do certain gas. By instance, no? but they found uh, submachine guns, they found uh, rockets, they found uh, low launchers, they found a, a huge amount of ammunition, and they found out another stuff. They found out, um, I let me see, this is a pencil. No? They found out a uh, pencil guns like this. This is a uh, pencil this is a real pencil <laughs> but they found out pencil guns which uh, you can uh, touch in the bottom of the of the the, the gun and you send a bullet uh, to uh...
0: it's like they James found Bond
1: out... <laughs> yeah and a lot of another stuff uh, I don't know so um, that that was uh, something like a liberation for a lot of people the people who has escaped from Colonia but because cheffer was alive they were mentally caught even yeah. even when they 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 was out they they were living in concepcion in santiago or in germany or another places. they 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 was not able they were excuse me not able to say nothing but when Cheffer died they says okay this is the moment i can i can speak that was one one thing the other thing that happened is that started a very hard uh, fight about the money Mm -hmm. there's a lot of money who no one knows where is it Uh, jeffert in fact he 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 got a a lot of money because uh, there was a a a lot of uh, income sources uh, the weapons of course the pensions the the money that the Germany sent uh, every month to the people from more uh, from the old to the old people of the colonia, that the Chilean embassy uh, delivered to Schaeffer. Schaeffer was the why the one who took the checks and went to the bank Well, he sent someone no? and all of that money was to the was delivered to the uh, uh, bank accounts of the colony. Uh, they also has a lot of uh, other incomes. Uh, they has um, uh, a, graver, a, graver, a factory. They has uh, farms. They has a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of money and there's a lot of fights between the sons of uh, of the officials trying to get something about that money so until now we have not seen yet or we don't know yet who is the guy but it's a very very excellent question uh, and yeah. I have thought about this and I have uh, asked about this but there are something like seven or eight guys who are trying to, to become the, the leader, but no one of these has uh, the, the power that Sheffer gained. Yeah, Sheffer was a very 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 good guy. I, I have seen a lot of videos of William Adam. Uh, I, I talked with you uh, about this guy. I, I heard his, uh, his speeches. I read about this. And Adam was a very charismatic guy. I think he was a very, very soft guy. He was very kind with the people. Mm? Jeffer was the antithesis about this. Yeah. Jeffer was a brutal guy. He was a, a violent guy. He was a, an, an aggressive guy. He was a vulgar people. Mm-hmm. And but I don't know why he he he, he managed to keep all of these people under his uh, dominion by I don't know 40 15 years.
0: Yeah. My deep concern now as I think through the colony that exists today and now knowing that you know there there's still this component of the message in the colony it, it deeply concerns me. I'm wondering how the Chilean government is handling this are there any efforts that you're aware of to help deprogram or at, at maybe not deconvert but help the people understand what it is that they were in do you know are they offering any psychological assistance or any sort of therapy or are, are they in chile are they taking care of the survivors of this thing um maybe you could tell us a little bit about just. What what's being done to help the survivors of Colonia Dignidad?
1: No, the, 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 these people is in a very very bad situation. Uh, most of the survivors who has been in Chile uh, are, uh, are almost abandoned by the state. Most of them have some very low. Uh, uh, we here in Chile are called. Uh, Pensiones de something like um, like a bonus that the state give you every month, but I don't know something like uh, two hundred, three hundred dollars by month. Chile so is a very expensive country. <laughs> it's not very cheap to live here. I think it's the the the, the cost of, of living here is very similar to the states. So. How do you live with, with that money? It's nothing. And, and there, there are no uh, state programs to deprogramate these people or to help them to integrate into the Chilean society because you have to understand that I, I, I can tell you this with, with name. I, I, I have interviewed a lot of times a guy called Dieter Charles. Um, when when you, you hear Dieter Scholz you think of a German. Dieter is a Chilean guy. Uh, He was kidnapped when he was born. Uh, He was uh, raised in in Colonia. He was forced to work from six or five years old until he escaped from colony when he was 40. Uh, His back is broken because of the heavy weight he used to lift every day. Uh, he He was the one who told me that the nights was uh, the worst uh, moment every night uh, uh, every day in the in the child's life because uh, jeffrey was obsessed with the the genitals and with masturbation so the the guys who who was inside the, the the dorm of the boys was all night looking for someone who was touching himself and when they find out a boy I don't know, touching himself. Or they believe he was doing that. Uh, the boy was uh, thrown out of the bed. He was uh, uh, beaten very hard. He was sent to, to sleep to a farm, to the country, or he was. Uh, uh, they they throw uh, cold water on him. He was. He says it, it was the terror every night, and later. Uh, he almost does, does not speak Spanish, mm. uh, and he lives in, with this very little money. Uh, he can he can't work because he does not understand the, the language. Yeah? It's very 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 hard situation. So, and the German government uh, has offered uh, a lot of uh, of help. But there's uh, very few help who has arrived uh, to to the uh, survivors. Mm. That's sad. There's there's, yeah. there's there's a lot of lawsuits also against Chilean government and German government. Mm. Wow. Seeking for seeking for uh, some some kind of reparation. Yeah.
2: Do you think there's any hope in the future that the Chilean government might declassify or make available more of the government records on? Um, what they know was happening in Colonia and the situation there uh, as it relates to the arms purchases and other activities.
1: uh, You have to to know that in Chile, like in the States, the, the government is separated from the judiciary branch. So most of the information we know is the information that we found out in the in the investigations made by, by justice by justices. So most of the information I think we know that. The, I, I, I guess Charles you are talking about the intelligence information. And, yeah. and and that intelligence information for those years it's information that was held by Dina. Dina Dina was the main actor of the intelligence of those years. And what happened? when and we're going to talk about united states once again in 1976 dina uh, sent to washington dc a group of agents uh, led by an american citizen but he he works for, for the Chileans. he was not a cia agent uh, uh, many people have said that but that's not true. Called uh, Michael Tauli, and they were sent to kill the former Chilean ambassador in in America who was living in Washington D.C. Orlando Echenil. De that was in September 1976. After that, America says we don't we we don't want anything to do with Pinochet. Hmm? You you have to to keep in mind that the the coup that in 1973 was. Supported by, by by Nixon. But Jimmy Carter, after that, says, okay, we're done with Pinochet. And then then arrived the Kennedy Amendment. And uh, uh, America says, we are not going to send more people there. We are going to put a lot of economic sanctions against Chile and a lot of stuff like this. So, because of that, uh, finally, in 1978, Chile uh, sent to to America uh, this guy, Michael Taule. Michael Taule is the guy who knows a lot about Colonia Dignidad. He is the guy who bought in Germany and England the saline equipment for DINA. And he was helped by the Colonia Dignidad to buy and send this equipment to Chile. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Townley was sent to America. He, he was held in prison for four years in, in America because of the, the and, uh, Ronnie Moffat, an American citizen. Uh, he was uh, held uh, four years in prison and t- until today he's in, under the uh, I don't know how do you say this, uh, witness protection program from the FBI? No, okay. After that, uh, Contreras, Manuel Contreras, who was the head of DINA, he knew that he was done. When, when Pinochet took Taole and sent him to America, Pino- Contreras says, okay, I am the next one. So, before he was uh, expelled from DINA, he took a lot of, uh, now one knows exactly what, what was inside, uh, a lot of bags. Uh, there are some versions that says that he sends something like 18 bags bucks, uh, bucks from Punta Arenas in the south of Chile, in a, in, a, in a chip, to Germany. And no one knows what happened and when uh, uh, or, or where are these bags. Uh, we know, or, or we think we know, that uh, these bags were sent to Siegburg to the uh, ideal compound in, in Germany. And we think, when I say we, I, I'm talking me and a lot of people who has investigated this, including people from the police and our journalists, yeah? we think that the these facts contain all of the intelligence files from, uh, from Nina.
0: Mm.
1: If we find someday those files, yeah, we are going to know what happened, uh, and we are going to be able to answer the Charles question, but until that, I think there's no hope, Charles. I'm sorry.
0: Well, Carlos, this has been incredibly fun and exciting for us, and I think everybody can see it on my face. I could continue this conversation probably for the rest of the day, but I um, wanted to just thank you for your research and all of the help. You have no idea the number of people that you have helped globally by presenting this research and making this connection between Colonia Dignidad and the latter rain and to extension, William Branham and all of these, <laughs> these different splinter groups. Um, I began researching Colonia Dignidad years ago and I came across the name William Branham, but I really could not, put all the pieces together until I came across your book, La Secta Perfecta, and, you know, when we started talking through some of that as you're writing the book, I was starting to just, you know, skim the surface of putting all the pieces together, and I just want to say thank you for your research, and on behalf of everybody who is working with us and interested in our research, I I wanted to say thank you for all of the work that you've done.
1: Yeah, I, I I also only want to to thank you John, because of all the help you gave me when I was investigating the book and I have to to say that I, I was very amazed when I found out the the relationship between Chefer and Frank and and all of the the theological questions that lies uh, beneath this guy
0: well I think our listeners are going to be incredibly surprised because Charles and I we talk a lot and um, in this episode I've just been so fascinated with what you have to say that uh, I really was hard for me to speak I just wanted to sit back and listen and I honestly could continue listening all day maybe for our Spanish speaking and reading people if you could hold your book up and tell us again where you can get la secta perfecta and i'll put the link there on the screen but if you speak spanish i highly recommend this book it will um it'll just blow your mind when you understand how much has been covered up in these latter rain revivals carlos if you hold the book up and i'll put it on the screen
1: as I told you before, this book can be buy in a digital way uh, by Amazon or by Apple. If you want a hard copy, you you have to buy this in Chile. So it's not so easy.
0: So if you speak Spanish, I highly recommend La Secta Perfecta. It is an excellent book. I read it through Google Translate, and it was worth the effort for me to put into Reading that through Google Translate is an incredibly, incredibly powerful book with a lot of information, mind-blowing. If you do not speak Spanish, I have compiled some of the things that Carlos Bezos has researched and put into the book, and I have put it into my new book, Weaponized Religion, From Latter Rain to Colonia Dignidad. The Parts of the book that were relevant to William Branham and the Latter Rain Revivals, you'll find them in the footnotes of the pages. You'll see some references to Carlos's book and his research. And though it is from Google Translate, you'll see the English translations, and you can at least piece together what he's trying to say through the translations that are in the book. But um, Carlos, I want to say if they if they ever do find these boxes, and um, we ever have a chance to go through the contents of what's missing, I would love to have you back again. And we would go through it again. And maybe if you could continue searching and help identify these boxes so that we can do this again.
1: Of course, (laughs) I'm I'm going to to search for those bags for I don't know how many long times, so you're welcome.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Well, if you've enjoyed our show and you want more information, you can check us out on the web. You can find us at william-branham.org and christiangospelchurch.org. For an overview of the historical research of William Branham and the healing revivals, read Preacher Behind the White Hoods, a critical examination of William Branham and his message, available on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. Join us again next week. We've got a great episode coming.